listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Hollywood Boulevard podcast, episode six. Um, uh, I'm one of the co-hosts, Joe Turek, and I'm here with... Jonathan A. Moody, your co-host. And our other co-host has gone missing. I guess he's been taken hostage by... Um, uh, by a gremlin. The, uh, by, by a gremlin. The gremlin's got in his phone, I guess. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, i guess um, that's what you can always say now like anytime you can be like oh because i guess that's what everybody always says oh the gremlins got yep. got, got us yep because that's what that, that, that that's that dick miller has had a few lines in there about that in there so mm-hmm. um, but well if, if people haven't already figured it out um uh this episode is going to be on the movie gremlins from 1984 um the great comedy horror crossover piece um uh that was a that was just huge in the box office but also um uh really was quintessential 80s <laughs> uh film for me um so uh first i guess i'll start out by saying um uh how i saw it first i saw it i i think it was a second weekend because a certain other movie came out the same day as it which is kind of uh, a massive point in film. I mean, to be honest, I mean, for us, uh, do you know what came out the same day as Gremlins? I think it was 84. So, and it was it's a big probably, one. I would say it was probably uh, December, like close to Christmas, right? Or did no, they? No, this actually, it, it actually came out in the summer. Okay. Yeah, it, it came out um, the Karate same Kid? day. No, Karate Kid came out a few weeks before. Okay. Um, or, um, or a few weeks after. But the funny thing is, is Gremlins was never number one at the box office because of this film. Oh, God. Um, now you're going to make it, me try it, to guess. I really want to guess. It, yeah. Don't tell me. Don't it, tell it, me. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me guess. 1984. And it's a big movie. Um, you're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna kick yourself when you don't. Until well, you I'm probably not going to get it because I can't. Oh. I, I like for some reason. It's not back it's to school because I was 85. Yeah. Nope. I believe. You ready? Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's one of your favorite movies. Oh, Ghostbusters. Yep. Came out okay. the same day as Ghostbusters. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, June 8th, 1984. And um, uh, Gremlins was never number one at the box office. It, it, um, Ghostbusters was number one for like the first I'm honestly, I'll pick you know. Ghostbusters any day over Gremlins. I like Gremlins, but if I had to choose, if like you're like, you know, choose or you die. Which one? I'd be like <laughs> Ghostbusters, hands down. Like, yeah, I mean, no for question. Me it'd be a, for, for me, it'd be a thing about the mood that I'm in. Um, uh, but as, as a film, uh, it's it that'd be a, that'd be a tough call for me. I mean, I, I think Ghostbusters is probably a better film, but Gremlins was to me. Gremlins to me is so much fun. So it it it'd be like it'd be like choosing between two children. You can't do it because it's just to me. But um, uh, I understand. I understand where you come from, and I know that the place that Ghostbusters has to you. Um, yeah, I mean, Ghostbusters was something different for me because um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't even think I got into Gremlins uh, when I was. A, I mean, I know I watched it when I was a kid, you know, but I don't think I got into it as a kid, you know. Like I, I, I it wasn't like one of my favorite, you know. It wasn't uh-huh. up there, but it became up there. The more years went by, the more I watched it, you know, and mm-hmm. everything. I still, I mean, I really, really love this movie, but yeah. I haven't seen it in forever. And um, 
Uh, we had to do Gremlins 2 for uh, 90s horror this year. So it's funny. This year we did, or this year, yeah, last year, we did like Matinee, which is Joe Dante. We did Gremlins 2 for Joe Dante. And then this, you know, so my podcasts have been Joe Dante'd, you know, for <laughs> like a whole year, you know. Well, this was, I, I believe this was his first big studio film. So, um, uh, yeah, this gremlin. Cause, I mean, he had, of course, he had what, what was it, Piranha and stuff like that. And, I, and didn't he direct like, um, a, a movie called Hollywood Boulevard? I think so. Yeah. With, um, yeah. Yeah. And so great. There you go. We should have Don- <laughs> Joe Dante on the show. You'd love it. Um, yeah. He directed that with, uh, Roger Corman, I believe. Yeah. 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 So, crazy. But, but Gremlin. So, so you've never seen Gremlins in the theater, then? So no, I was, I was two. You know, unless <laughs> I unless I watched it years later when they do like a retro thing or whatever. But mm-hmm. I was two years. My parents aren't taking me as a two as far as I know. They're not going to take a two year old to go see Gremlins. Not because it'd be scary. It'd, I'd be like a whiny little brat in a you know theater. <laughs> you know. Well, um, uh, this this is where um our our our, our other co host um. His comment, how, how did he say it with, with, with Gremlins? He's, he's seen like half of it, but as a kid, he, he saw it up it. to the point, point where the, the, the Gremlin went into the microwave and mm-hmm. then he stopped, he left like, or something like he had to couldn't watch it. I think it was in the theater too. So he like walked yeah. out like, and, and stuff. I, I'm, I'm, let me, let me get his exact quote. Cause I don't want to misquote him, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, then y'all know that I've seen half this movie. After the microwave scene, I got upset and left the theater with my parents. So, okay, I was right. Not a huge fan, but I love Gremlins too. Gremlins really disturbed me. And after watching it, I get it. Like, this would disturb me as a kid, you know, or as, um, I think he was a little older than being just a kid, you know, but like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like 12, 11 or 12 at the time. So it was. It was right there at that. And there, you guys are about the point. same age, right? Yeah, I think so. I might. I, I think yeah, within a couple of years. So, um, but uh, yeah, I saw it in the theaters. Um, both one and two, I saw in the theaters. And um, hearing his comment about that, it's kind of funny because after doing the shows with him, uh, I, I definitely want to hear his hear hear some more of the feedback on that because uh, I, he talked about aliens and all these other movies over the years and it's like i'm like i'm like a, a grotesque little monster getting blown up in a microwave was well, the turning it, point <laughs> i mean and i when i watched it i was like okay i get it but then again mm-hmm. i was like uh I, I saw it differently and maybe as an adult he would see it differently if you watched it again i don't know mm-hmm. if you ever tried to go back to rewatch it but um the thing with that that particular scene is first of all, I was rooting for the mother to win, you know, because yeah. I liked her, you know, and of course you don't like these gremlins, and there's so many of them, you know, and it's scary. These people are trying to kill you. They're literally trying to kill you. So you're gonna have you have it's survival of the fittest. So she yeah. stabs one of them. She puts one of them into a blender and hits frappe, and then the other one she th- like backs right into a uh to the microwave shuts the microwave and presses it on and blows them up and to me that was that that right there is um where it became like this is 
this is survival right now mm-hmm. and i don't it's war you know yeah and in war exactly. you don't you don't go oh man i can't watch that you know you have to because it's just you know it's, it, it's yeah. what it is well one of the um uh on one of the documentaries I saw, um, Chris Columbus was talking about the first draft of it, um, one of his early drafts. And the, the early draft, he actually had the mom get her head cut off in that scene. Oh, Jesus. No. So they And they said, I mean, it was a hard R film originally, the original script. And it got passed on by a number of studios over and over. Eventually, Spielberg took took, took a liking to it. And um, uh he he basically back and anything that he was going to back was going to get made basically at that point just about I would think, but um yeah but the original it, draft. What was it? It was like PG, right? Yeah, PG. yeah. It's, it, it, it's it's one of the two films that um that was the final straws before the PG thirteen was made. It was this and um Temple of Doom, uh both the same year. Um, and then it led to the PG-13 being made that year. And then um, I think Red Dawn was the first PG-13 film oh, wow. um, later that year. But um, Gremlins, yeah, because the funny thing is, it's like, uh, talk. it'd be interesting hearing Alfred's take on this because it's like, yeah, Gremlins is PG. Gremlins 2 is PG-13. <laughs> so it's actually... But it's I mean, they're pretty much PG-13, both of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean... Yeah, because th- this is a hard... This is this is probably one of the hardest PG movies there probably could be. So yeah, they definitely had to do PG-13. I mean, um, it, a- it's so funny that they can't, like, the NPAA doesn't go back and say, hey, can we change all those PGs to PG-13 now that we've... You know, right? Like, I mean, they, they probably could have done that, but then, mm-hmm. like... That would mean that like, they'd have to recall all the the you know um, all the movies and stuff, and then just put slap on the PG thirteen. When all they have to do really is just say it's it's PG, but you know it's PG thirteen, really. Yeah. So so um uh yeah. So to me, this is a PG thirteen type of movie, and it would have been if the rating was available. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I mean, because some of the some of the some of the gra- some of the graphicness of, of of the killings of of primarily the gremlins but i mean some of the people and some of the stuff the the turmoil that was being the havoc that was being re, re, just havoc is a good word yeah yeah because it was, it was it was pure chaos there and uh, havoc yeah um so um just a little background on the film um uh christopher columbus wrote it and um uh Spielberg didn't. He, he saw the name and he was just like, "Whoa, what's this?" So he, he's like, he thought the name was fake, and also he read it and he fell in love with it. And um, uh, it was written as sort of a Spielberg called it a devilish comedy horror, but he didn't really speak on the horror aspect. And I think you saw something about that as well. Um, but um, it was made to be sort of a what would happen in a town like it's a wonderful life the movie it's a wonderful life and they even play the movie in, in one of the scenes right which um, i've heard he actually also he did a home alone one and two as well you know that he wrote you know or whatever and mm-hmm. um or wait yeah he wrote wrote uh both home alone one and two and uh both of those have it's a wonderful life in the movie as well so apparently he likes if he does a christmas 
themed movie he's putting um you know it's a wonderful life in there which i honestly i i have never gotten all the way through what's a wonderful life you know so i need to one day just sit down and just force myself to finish it because it's not a bad movie it's just i i I don't know every single time either i'm just not into it you know at the time or whatever Mm -hmm. or i'm just you know and I, i feel like it's something that is so classic and so talked about that I should at least like finish. Yeah. It, that, that is, that is a, a yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, it's the quintessential what Christmas movie that, that from traditional, a traditional sense. And, and that's what they, they tried on with this one is they had that, they tried to make the traditional Christmas town. Um, and then uh, what would happen with, with all this chaos and um, uh, Columbus talked about, some of the inspiration for the, for the gremlins characters was he basically um, like little, he woke up, woke up from nightmares or something like that. And thinking of little bugs or something was biting at his fingers and stuff like that. So he just thought like, well, what would they, what would, what would those characters look like? What would they be like? Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> that's where this came from. The inspiration for this came from. So um, uh, after a while, they finally got it to where it was going to get made. And um, uh, obviously back then that um, there, there's no CGI. So it's, it's all, it's all puppets and stop motion. And um, uh, one of the documentaries I saw, saw all the wires hooked up to some of these and it was just, it, it was crazy. And I mean, it, the creativity that they showed to be able to pull that off. Um, it, it's, it, I think, and, and that's what made some of those eighties movies so memorable is because, because there was, they had to make it up with the puppets or, or with the backdrops or, or what have you. And um so um, there's a scene in there to where they're all all the gremlins are walking up the street, and they say they did that as a stop motion type of scene. Um, it's it's where they all just are invading the city in bulk. Do you if you remember that scene or not? Um, right. I think yeah. So, um, uh, but the 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 story sort of starts out with um, the dad. He's um, uh, going out to um, uh, he's looking for um, he's an inventor and he has a lot of <laughs> a lot of bad inventions. Um, uh, um, a lot of so is Alfred joining us? I don't know. I told him. I told him if you want to feel free, but yeah, he just apparently he just woke up. So uh, <laughs> I I feel him. I was taking a nap earlier. So all right, yep, he's joining yeah. us. He's right here. So he's. Uh... <laughs> Alfred. Hey, man. Well, <laughs> everybody, this is Alfred Crane, our other uh, co-host. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, we were already uh, in the in the middle, but we were uh, we we're happy. We were talking earlier about your uh, what what you uh, sent us about the um, mm-hmm. uh, about how it disturbed you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your 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 partial viewing of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah um, so a half of it. It was at the one of the theaters. I think it was a little Beachmont theater or something. No, it was the Coliseum Mall. I saw the Coliseum Mall. They had a, but she never finished it. Never went back to finish it. I may have. Okay. I, remember, I think I read the comic book ending or something. Okay. Well, so the one in the blender, one of the the mother was killing him with a blender in the microwave. I just lost it. Like, hey, and actually, oh. literally, I, I, when I rewatched it, I watched her like stab one of them to death and everything with a kitchen knife. Yeah, that's so. the story. Oh, yeah, that's... oh no! Oh yeah. no! Oh no! 
Yeah, then 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 Billy walks in and takes a sword and, and beheads the other one. Um, yeah, beheads one of them, and and then the head flies off into the fireplace and it burns up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, holy cow! Yeah, it's just a crazy yeah, was, thing. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, Alfred. It's like, um, so you said you saw you saw half of it in the theater. Mm-hmm. So you only you only you only saw the first half. So you never saw like the bar scene and stuff like that, where nope. where um <laughs> where where they all where they're all drinking and and playing cards and everything like that at the bar and, and or then, or the and, movie and, theater and, scene where they're all watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and having a jolly time singing Hi Ho Hi Ho Off to Work We Go, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was so cute. I you know it was funny because like even though those were terrible creatures that you know were like causing havoc and mayhem in the in the town they were also the funniest things i've ever seen in my life they were just right you know yeah in in the, in, in the bar it's like you know, what phoebe case ran across the one that got drunk who was just had his head underneath the the, the draft just drinking beer um, the flasher one just cracks me up every time because yeah the trench coat on the flasher then there's the card game going on where the one the one lady gremlin or whatever um, tells Stripe that um, that the one guy's cheating in cards. He, so Stripe pulls a gun out and shoots the other gremlin. Mm. In the, and then then the then the bandit one who tries to who who put, put points a gun at Phoebe Cates. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's just uh, the 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 creativity that they had that Dante and and. I guess uh, was a name Chris Wallace, the one who actually created the the Gremlin model. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the that they took, in, um, I think in the production they said it was like three months for the actual film production, the regular part, and then there was like two and a half more months of just stuff with the Gremlins. Basically, it was just because there's a lot of scenes after the part that you you saw, Alfred, that that there's really not people in or very limited people in so it's just a lot of post-production stuff yeah they they basically had like um with gizmo they said there was like eight to twelve people i think um wired up to gizmo to um for for eye movements for nose movements mouth movements arm movements everything (laughs) uh and, and then um it was a little bit less for the um for the for the Obviously, the bad gremlins, uh, or when they stripe and company, but um, uh, like I love stripe. I'm sorry, he was so cute. I, you know, even though he was a bad guy and he was scary, you know, like the scene where he jumps into the pool and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, this is not good. (laughs) Oh, when he does the cannonball, yeah, he goes in the pool and then it just. Like all of a sudden, it just goes like you kids. They're just staring at this pool, and at that point, I'm like, "Get out, go, run!" Because there's gonna be a million gremlins popping out, you know. And uh, I, okay, so first of all, let's let's. I talk. may have you know I, there may have been some of the sounds familiar, so I may have gone back and watched part of it like 30 years ago. Yeah, that's the part I didn't, didn't watch because. Uh, gremlins too, I love that one, but I think you talked like that about part... that too that you like Gremlins too, but you. And we were like, "Why did you watch Gremlins two if you didn't watch the full thing of Gremlins one?" But my friend Gary said it's funny. You should watch it. Let's go. So I said, "Okay, I'll give it a try." So yeah, yeah. Well, thank God you didn't walk out of that one because that I I I don't know. I kind of I'm torn on the fence. Like I I sort of like 
Gremlins 1 better than Gremlins 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gremlins 2 is great, but I think it's way too over the top. And Dante was like given way too much creative control. And mm-hmm. that allowed it to be just like this like crazy movie that just like, you know, everything like that, like anything he could put in. Now, that's Paul's kind of movie. You know, like mm-hmm. Paul loves that having be able to have creative control and making like you know whatever you want. Um, I, I, I don't. I hate to say it. I like studio interference sometimes because I feel like, you know, it allows people to understand you. You know, there's some things we shouldn't do because it's going to confuse the audience or or make mm-hmm. you know whatever. So I like uh, I like Gremlins one a little better I think, but it is darker and more disturbing. And is like more of a horror film than Gremlins yes. Two is. So, and um, I uh, I think if they didn't have that part where they got murdered, so like, or the grandma was getting murdered. I mean, I don't mean to say that, but um, the way she was killing it was just was just. I mean, I, this is gonna funny, but um, it just seemed cruel and inhumane. But they were cruel and inhumane creatures. But I just, I think the rest of the movie I probably could have liked. That part just really bothered me. Well, I kind of said yeah. earlier, I felt like it was survival of the fittest, you know, at that particular yeah. moment. It was like the woman was trying to just get out of the fucking house any way she could get rid of these things. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. And the microwave just seemed very accessible. Now, if they had put like, because the one thing I didn't like, and I bet Joe knows what that is. There's one scene in particular I didn't like that I was almost disturbed by. and involves... Barney, the dog. Oh, yeah, they tie him up in the in the in the, the Christmas lights. And yeah, <laughs> and they tie him up in the Christmas lights, and he's like hanging there, going. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, oh my god, too. that's like, terrible. Is this before and, she killed him? Right? Yeah, it's before she killed. Before they they even. No, she. Uh, didn't, he I think didn't it's get, even Barney, before they became gremlins. I think they were just uh, the little. Barney didn't get. Bar, Barney doesn't get killed. Barney. Barney gets taken off with the dad when the dad goes on a on the on right the, on the yeah. So Barney, the dog, dog doesn't never does. He dies. Comes back with, yeah, dog I comes was back so happy when I heard Barney yeah. was going away, you know, or whatever. And they were doing that yeah. because they didn't think it was the gremlins that were doing it. They thought it was that mean old lady who reminded me of the Wicked Witch of the West or whatever in mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz. Like, I'll get you. Right. And you know who you know who that who played that that lady? No, it's the one. Who, she's the one that played Flo on Alice, the TV show. Oh, nice. She was Flo. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, like, and, and 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 there's a there's a ton of people in this film. I was like, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the two uh, outside of Galligan's the star, of course. Uh, uh, but the, is is Phoebe Cates and Judge Reinhold reunited from Fast Times? I thought about uh, that too. And, we we did Fast Times for the show, and so yeah, it was like almost like a year. reunion for our show. And you picked it, so there yeah. you go. Like it comes full circle, you know. Yes, so I guess I guess um my next one's got to be something either either Beverly Hills Cop if it's going to be something with I don't know I, I'm just throwing the name out. I don't there think Phoebe's on there though, but that would be Judge Reinhold. Yeah, 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 um, exactly. Or or I pick something that Phoebe Phoebe did or something like that. But, if um, they were both in I, another movie, that'd be great. But I I love their interaction because this was two years after Fast Times, so mm-hmm. I almost felt like it was the same character that Saul. You know, Brad, you know, 
jerking off or whatever and now she's so disgusted by judge reinhold that when he's like you know uh you know you should uh you you know you should come check out my new house and she's like i've never checked out your old house well (laughs) his character is kind of a dick in it in this but it's like he's only in it um and on the on the blu-ray i don't know if you watched it or not there's an extra couple scenes and they show what happens to judge reinhold's character in, in, in the behind this, in the in the additional scenes he um he locks himself up in the in the bank vault at, at, um, at the bank yeah yeah and and then um uh the, the two of them uh galligan and phoebe they run into him there and and um he's trying to get out or he's trying to still trying to hook up with with kate's and um uh, he eventually just like i'm not going anywhere and he's gone he's lost his mind and he just gets locked in there they close the door on him and leave him <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of so i mean he was just a, a small side character in there but um uh bb cates is always always nice to see in in, in these films because i mean she's, she's a sweetheart um, <laughs> yeah and, and, and um uh, she had that she had that one speech that that was really uh, you say things like uh, alfred you're talking about the part that that really bothered you the story that kind of bothered me was when she gave that that's did the story that about what happened to her as a kid i was like that's to her terrifying. father yeah yeah it's like and you haven't i guess haven't seen that part or might not remember it alfred but it's um she says her dad basically went missing at christmas time and 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 um ended up she lit the fireplace and he basically fell in the fireplace and broke his neck and, and he was dressed up as santa to give them presents i'm like i remember like, talking about that yeah, I was, I was like, that's that's horrible. She does another speech in Gremlins too. I can't remember exactly the tone of it, but but uh, to me that I'm like, oh my god, that's that's horrifying. I mean, that's that, that's mentally horrifying versus the the physical stuff you see in the film here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, um, no, it, I, like, and she also very depressing, like throughout it at first. Like, I was like. What does Zach Galligan's character see in her other than she's pretty? She seems like a Debbie Downer. Like she's like, I don't celebrate Christmas and because it's so depressing for all those people who can't, you know, who can't celebrate it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, calm yeah. down. <laughs> you know, killing well, the mood in, here. Yeah. In in one of the additional scenes, it shows them going into the back office at the bank and um uh, they're seeing the houses that are marked to be repossessed basically by Miss Deagle in her house and Billy's house is both on the list. So they were basically going to be homeless in the next year and stuff like that. They cut that scene out. And, um, mm-hmm. but it, it, it seemed like she really, she had a good side to her cause she, she, um, basically worked for free at, at the, at the bar. Um, because um, she's just a waitress and, and stuff like that. So I think she was she was nice. It just um, was she working. She was, just, was she working also at the bank? Because she was at the yeah. Bank. So mm-hmm. she yeah, worked she was, at the bank and just for like a side hustle. You know, she was doing the uh, uh, bar stuff or whatever. I I, I get. I think she said she says he needed help as a waitress, and I think that the bank because the bar was going to go under. I think they they even alluded to that at some point, saying that that um, uh, the bar's losing money and stuff like that. And they said that everybody's parents like proposed to their, got, got engaged there and stuff like that. So it's, it's the quintessential small town, little meeting point, melting point of the whole place and stuff like that. So uh, real quick, I want to bring up something that I found out while doing some research on this movie. And I think, I don't know if you know this Joe or not, 
But uh, do you know who was the cartoonist guy at the uh, bar next to uh, before Judge Reinhold comes down, sits next to uh, Zach Galligan and says, hey, um, you know, you're about to who almost lost her job today. Do you know who that guy was? I know there's cameos and all different things. But as soon as you say it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing that. That was Chuck Jones. And that's the okay. uh, that's the guy who did the voice of like Bugs Bunny. He did, I believe, like if uh-huh. he didn't do the voice of Bugs Bunny, he did the cartoon. Like he made the cartoons, you know, or whatever. I, I think I think he I think he was the illustrator. I think yeah, illustrator. I, I think he was the illustrator. Yeah. And yeah, he, he uh, Mel, Blank, Mel Blank was the voice guy. Chuck yeah, Mel Blank was yeah. the voice. Yeah, and he also did voices for Gremlins too. Mel Blank did. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is a Warner Brothers movie, you know. And if you recall, they mention Bugs Bunny in this movie as the Gremlins, you know, stuff, Gremlin story. So Mm -hmm. there's like, there's Bugs Bunny stuff. There's, you know, like lots of, you know, lots of references. And and it was kind of cool. Like, it's kind of, kind of neat. In a documentary, Joe, I think it was, no, it might have been Steven Spielberg. Somebody said that they were, uh, that they had first heard of, the word term gremlins from a Bugs Bunny cartoon where he was, uh, he was up being a um, pilot up in the, you know, up in the airplane or whatever. And there was a gremlin that was messing with the, uh, with the, with the plane. So, um, you know, go figure like, they were you know, based on real, there was a term that I believe is coined during the air, air force cruise in world war two that was, Gremlins because they couldn't like they had all these odd things happened to their planes and they had no other way to explain it but gremlins. It was like nineteen twenty nine, I think, or something, you know, that at first was coined, yeah. So um wow. and uh it was or or maybe it was first put in there, but the nineteen twenties that that yeah, the uh planes, you know, uh in Air Force had cre- just created this word to describe why their stuff's malfunctioning. You well, know, or just whatever. Just a technicality issue was the Army Air Corps. The Air Force came into being in 1947 through the, one of the, the 1947 mm-hmm. from the Pentagon Authorization. I looked it up, so I should have wrote it down. Um, but the term Air Force wasn't used until 1947 as the Army Air Corps. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh Let's see. Um, use the term in... Okay, use of the term in the sense of a mischievous creature that sabotages aircraft first rose in Royal Air Force slaying among British pilots stationed in Malta, the Middle East, and India in the 1920s. With the earliest printing record in a poem published in a journal, Aeroplane, in Malta on uh, ten, uh, April 10th, 1929. Later sources have sometimes claim that the concept goes back to world war one but there's no uh print evidence of this there is no there is evidence of earlier rfa reference in the 1920s to a lowly menial person in other words a low-ranking officer enlisted man saddled with oppressive assignments so Hmm. you know yeah i did not know that about the royal air force it's cool so there you go so the royal air force coined the term gremlin and they now use that. I mean, isn't there isn't a car like called a gremlin like sometimes? Or yeah, something? yeah. It, 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 the gremlin was, hate was car it? from um, Wayne's World. 
Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Wayne's World. Yeah, the, the little car they drove in there. Um, so um, the the um, when this was made, they um, the 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 story basically he brings the the, the little good the good little Mowgli uh, Gizmo home, and um, uh, there's the three Mogwai. rules. Mogwai. 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 Yeah, which by the way, on one of the documentaries I was watching, it says that. Um, a guy, Columbus, when he was writing the story, um, he looked it up in a Chinese American dictionary, and Mogwai supposedly means devil. It's a translated to devil. Oh, but he's so, so cute. Like, Look at him. I know. Hurry up. He's so like, adorable. Oh. I want one. I want, I've always wanted him. Um, just because he sings to you, I, I, I want him without the. Uh, I I want him without the responsibilities, you know. Like yeah. I don't, because well, I, yeah, I don't well, want to actually get him wet, you know. Well, the, the well the bad ones will sing to you too. I mean, remember the the Christmas caroler carolers? <laughs> they sing too, yeah. The bad ones sing, but yeah, but they they sing to to distract you from what's going on inside your home, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, like, the trouble they're causing and stuff the like trouble that. Trouble they're yeah, causing, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, 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 yeah. So, so the the dad brings 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 um, Gizmo home and, and um, uh, gives him to Billy. And this, there's the three rules. It's like, uh, was it? Yeah, uh, hates light. Hates light. No hates, sunlight. Hates, hates, no, no sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Sunlight uh, will kill him. It's like, yeah. It's like, uh, don't ever feed him after midnight. Uh, and I'm doing these out of order. I know. Um, and yeah. then, the, uh, and you can never get wet. I guess snow's not wet. So um, I, now. Here's the <laughs> but, thing with that was like, um, uh, if he hadn't gotten wet, and Corey Feldman, which we forgot to mention, is he's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he was the one who screwed everything up. Damn yeah, he's Corey. the real villain. Of, he, he's the real villain. Of this he's thing. not a villain. He's just an idiot. <laughs> I but he didn't know. He didn't know that he couldn't get him wet. You know, or whatever. You would have maybe if he had told them that there are rules. You know that you had to follow. He would have been like. A little bit more careful around, yeah. you know, because I bet if he, he told him that he wouldn't have wanted one because I don't want to. He was so, he was so nonchalant after the fact. too. he's like, oh, it's really cool. He said that it was multiplied. He's yeah. like, oh, it's really cool. He goes back to reading the comics. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no, I love that scene. because He's like, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And then he looks down and goes, yeah, really cool. Then throughout the film, though, it's like it shows the scene where they're trying to get in his window and he cuts the Christmas light and then the one falls off to the side. And then he calls the radio station. I don't know if you heard it on the one, the radio broadcast. He, he's like, hey, it's just Pete and stuff like that. And he's talking. Yeah. About... <laughs> it's like he's talking to the, the radio guy. And the radio guy's. Um, yeah. uh, so this, I don't know. That, that was kind of cool. Yeah. So this would have been like this would have been probably the first thing. I'm trying to think of anything that I would have seen him. I mean, Friday the 13th Part 4, I think, was after this. So, or maybe that was be, probably about the same time. So these, those are probably the first two things. By the that, way. That I, that I remember, anyway. By the way, What's did that? you know that town? The town that they're in? Do you know what that's Kingston, also the same town of? Well, Kingston Falls, but all oh, for another film or something? From another film, yeah. What, what's, what's it's the same, it's the same backdrop, know. same whatever. Of uh, Hill Valley, it's oh really? It's back well, they, to the they future. It, they use the same. Yeah, they shot uh, it at Burbank Studios. Yeah, yeah. So they, so they, they, saw, they shot the same area, I guess. Same thing. Yeah, they said they, they shot it in Burbank Studios, and um, uh, the weird thing is they said they shot um, 
Galligan was talking about it in one of the documentaries about how it was um, like 100, 110 degrees when they were filming some of the stuff. Oof. And it was like, and he had Rough. to wear the jackets and he had wires all hooked up into him because of the gizmo um, device and all. And um, uh, and they had like sand. And then at the night scenes, they brought some crushed ice in when they had to for like extreme close-ups and stuff like that. But I'm like, ooh, 100, 100 sub degrees and they hadn't played off as Christmas. But that's the, huh. that's the uh, magic of filmmaking. Well, I'm surprised that they didn't put this out during Christmas time. I think it would have done better, you know. Um, it's, like I hate to say it, it's a Christmas movie. It uh, is. You know, you can't. People are like, "Is Die Hard a Christmas movie?" Yeah, Die it Hard is. is a Christmas movie. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Any movie that takes place during Christmas is a Christmas movie. Whether or not you want to say Santa's in it or whatever, you know. Um, it's a Chris. It's a Christmas present. From the dad to the son that goes haywire, basically. And it's yeah. not Gizmo that's the problem. It's it's, it's the well, world around it. Gizmo, Gizmo starts it. I mean, and all of that stuff he, wouldn't he happen was, if he didn't he get wet. He was wet. so ashamed. He was so ashamed, though. He was like, he, when, when, as soon as he got away, he's like, he, I think it's like he knew that there was going to be trouble. I know. Like, and later, uh, remember when. Uh, all of them like turned into cocoons, you know, larva, whatever. Like, uh, yeah, that you know, all that, that was shit. freaky. It was like like the fly almost, or or pods like body it's, snatchers or something. It's so creepy, but uh, and it was it was kind of disturbing, but um, and gross. Um, but uh, was it uh, they they wanted chicken nuggets and chicken chicken strips or whatever, you know, and stuff, and they're also after. <laughs> you know right and uh because it, it wasn't after midnight according to the clock you know and everything and he even looks at gizmo and says do you want one and gizmo says mm, no uh i wonder if gizmo knew like it was past midnight you know like he should be unplug the clock right well he... yeah well no he chewed that they chewed it because it's like the, the wires was like chewed off or something like that yeah at the bottom. And, yeah because he was like wait what's going on here you know and I'm like thinking, come on now. They wanted they wanted to become gremlins. You know, they wanted to be fed after midnight. They wanted to, you know, they which it was interesting because they did all become gremlins themselves. And then when uh Stripe goes into the pool, you know, he multiplies actual gremlins, not not like mogwise. So there's more, you know, um gremlins that uh get made and and that was so that means once a gremlin is made it can be uh it can be multiplied or whatever if it which i'm wondering why he didn't just keep going into the and getting wet and making more and more gremlins you know like he would have had a huge army that would have taken over the town you know um so um you you said you hadn't you hadn't seen this movie in a while before this one before this viewing um, recently. No, no. Not a, it had been yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. It 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 it'd been a couple years for me, but um, uh, maybe three three or two three years. Not too long. Uh, I just remember as a kid, I I would play the the bar scene and, and stuff like that. It, it it just to me that was just like it was like some of the funniest stuff. I mean, the, to, one. one guy has like six cigarettes in his mouth or whatever and he's smoking or yeah and she's trying to light it light like give a match to light it and it's like because like, ah, it's because it's a light it's bothering him 
Yeah, <laughs> you can't it's, tell. Yeah. It's, it's, it freaks me out. Then you got the, yeah, it's like it, it, that they gave all these, uh, not all of them, but a bunch of different ones had some form of a personality. Um, right. I mean, as, as devious as it may have been, I mean, they were all basically for, for no good. I mean, you had the, you had the one that was like the old film noir type of guy sitting at the bar or sitting at the table by himself. And then the one came with a puppet trying to, trying to just cheer it up, cheer up the moment and got slapped with a skillet. I mean, it, all around, it, it just, there's so much going on in this film. Um, you gotta, uh, it almost feels it, like you got to watch it like more than once just to get like everything, you know what I mean? Like, more I, than I didn't realize, yeah, I didn't realize until last night when I watched it again that, Spielberg has a cameo in it. Does he? I don't yep. remember that. It's, it's it's at the scene where the father's at the science exposit exposit uh, the thing and the robots behind him and stuff like that. And this guy goes in front in in, in like um a handicap or uh, like a like a wheelchair type with his leg kicked out because Spielberg had had a leg injury at the time. Um, mm. And he was he's he's like in a wheelchair with his leg kicked out and he just goes right in front of the camera real quick. So he pulled a uh, producer Hitchcock. Thing, yeah, yeah apparently, uh, apparently, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, so it's it, it just things like that. It's like, it, I, was, I was like, oh, I never noticed that before. When did Poltergeist it, come out? I think that was like a year or two before. I think it was like 82. 82, so the same year as uh, as E.T. So interesting mm-hmm. that, uh, that, you know, because that was uh, um, Toby Hooper, and then here's Joe Dante. He liked working with, you know, and then they, and then he worked together with John John Landis in the um, uh, Twilight Zone uh, like revival or whatever. And I think Joe Dante oh, amazing, or all amazing, of them. Might amazing. Were you talking about like Amazing Stories and stuff like no, that? No, there was a they were in Twilight the movie uh, Twilight Zone the movie. Oh, okay. Joe Dante did that. the one with the kid. Which one? The kid, the kid who cast people into the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure about then that one. Story, there's the one with Vic Morrow, the one he died. Oh, with. yeah. And there's one where um, they redo with John Lithgow on the plane. Yeah, and that's Twilight Zone, the, the movie. Who, and yeah. you have the one with the kid who, like, people are terrified of because they'll basically kill him if they don't entertain him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Landis, I thought, I thought Landis was directed the one where, the, where Vic Morrow died. I thought... I, Landis I thought did totally, that I think one. all three or four of them were involved in it. I, so Joe Dante, uh, John Landis, yeah. um, George Miller, director of Road mm-hmm. Warrior, did the uh, uh, did the plane, you know, with John Lithgow one, and Steven Spielberg had done a one called Kick the Can, where a bunch of old people or whatever like had the chance to have like a fountain of youth kind of thing, you yeah, know, at yeah. a retirement home. Uh, but all of them were based on. Old Rod Serling um, scripts, I believe, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah they've already like that were already done, but just remade, you know, for uh, for the purpose Except of. You want to see something really scary? I think that was new. Was that the part with um Dan Aykroyd in the beginning and the end? Was something really scary? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was good, but it was interesting to see like. Steven Spielberg work with all these guys and kind of reminds me of like how Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez would work together a lot on stuff. And so I, I sadly now we don't really see a lot of that, except if you count the, 
like VHS or, uh, you know, like those movies or whatever, you know, where it's anthology films, but we don't really and see. George Lucas with, um, and George Lucas with uh, um, um, Coppola and um, yeah, a couple of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, Sazy and um, uh, yeah. um, oh, I'm drawing Gang a blank. Um, De Palma. De Palma, yeah, and they've the all like, worked them. together, mm -hmm. yeah. They're all like friends, you know. And I think, and all, honestly, I think that's what's missing in Hollywood right now. That's what I. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Because it's like in the last like twenty years in Hollywood. I mean, it, the the only movies that that's not from age directors from that time period that that people really seek out from directing is maybe um like Christopher Nolan. He's he's newer, so I mean, somewhat in the past twenty some years. But there's not a whole lot of younger directors that are getting that name recognition and stuff like that i mean I, I guess we had a little bit of that comedy thing with with the apatow stuff um uh maybe but um, right nothing's but there and, and i think that's that that's what's lacking in cinema today is this memorable these these memorable not just films but the the directors of styles and stuff like that it's just, everything is cgi special effects i mean this gremlins was puppets and stop motion and stuff like that i mean they had to basically make their world that that, that makes you be even more creative and i mean and, and, and i was telling you earlier about how that and ghostbusters was, came out the same day and i mean i'm looking at the top five here from that that time period ghostbusters gremlins temple of doom star trek three and then the other new release that came out that that week was beat street <laughs> i don't even know that one uh, it, it's like break, and it's like one of those. Um, dance oh, movies it's one of the like dance that. ones. All right. Yeah, yeah. Then there was other stuff like Natural and stuff, Romancing the Stone. So I mean, but just think of them. Those are iconic films, and 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 we've been over that a little bit right now. That's what's been lacking in Hollywood over these last decade or two, or or, or, or so. three or four. You know, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's been it's been a yeah. while. It feels like um, since I mean. The 90s had some cool stuff, you know, going on and everything, but it did feel, uh, other than obviously me talking about like the four rooms, which is, you know, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, it did feel like a lot of people kind of stopped be, being friends, you know, and being and working together, you know, um, like mm. I would I would love to see like Kevin Smith and uh, Robert Rodriguez and and Tarantino and all of them working on an anthology together, you know, or something and, and it, it all being just, you know, fun and enjoyable and, and whatnot, but it just doesn't, it doesn't happen because, um, you know, right now we're sort of at this thing. I feel like that, uh, every, it's almost like a, you know, you have to, um, you know, the, the studios in a way are trying to, uh, keep, directors from like um working together you know or whatever because mm -hmm. i think they're afraid the directors start working together they might just start their own studio you know and do their own thing and everything so i think yeah. we gotta you know i i think we gotta get it's back a, to that yeah 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 and, and, and it's such a segmented society today and it's like i mean that's we've had we've had a few movies come out this year in the theaters that's maybe given some hope to bring in stuff, stuff together um but at the same time I, I i'm i'll be hard pressed to think that there's gonna be something that's gonna live on in me like like not just gremlins but a couple of those others from that that time period um and that's By the what way, that talk 
Well, go ahead. What are you saying? No, I'll just, I'll, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Joe Dante, Chris Columbus, and Steven Spielberg all still alive and still doing stuff, you know, right? Uh, Joe Dante's kind of taken a, a step back. I think the last thing he did was an anthology thing called Nightmare Cinema, and then he directed some TV. And um, well, how 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 old is he now? I mean, he's is is he he's he's older than Spielberg, I would think. Uh, nineteen forty six is his birthday. Okay, that's seventy seventy seven. So I mean, how how old is uh Steven Spielberg? He he's right he's right around there too. So I, I mean, they're probably about the same. Forty six, yeah, they're the same age. Which yeah, is so. so funny because uh, well, in Zemeckis, you know, working with Spielberg, mm -hmm. Spielberg really discovered a lot of great talent. I'm surprised he's not doing that anymore. Maybe he's just kind of like you know, I'm I'm I've done it, you know, like uh, I've already contributed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, it 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 takes everything for him to get his films done that he wants to really? get done still. I, maybe I, really I mean. I think he just concentrates and focuses on his films. I don't think it takes. I think he just says, "I want to get this made," and the studio say, "Okay," you know, like nobody, nobody bats an eye at Tarantino. Nobody bats an eye at Steven Spielberg. Uh, sadly, people bat their eyes at Kevin Smith and sometimes even Robert Rodriguez. But you know, the other ones, they they definitely like you, Coen Brothers. You know, those are guys who are always constantly going to be be making movies you know my yeah, opinion but 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 there's things um there was some movie we watched in the last few we talked about on, on one of the other podcasts um where gremlins was referenced on in another film i can't goonies. remember what it is i pop my head goonies yeah exactly or that was earlier this season it's funny because that's what i'm actually i have my, my, my triple pack here goonies gremlins and gremlins 2 together and um uh yeah because they, they referenced there and in this one uh, um there's a scene in the Montgomery Ward at the end um, where Stripe pokes his head out through some dolls, and there's an ET doll in there, and stuff like <laughs> that. And it's like, so, so it's, you see stuff like that. And nowadays, it's like, I guess the only way, the only thing that we might get that be comparable, but it's 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 not quite as good as is the the universes, if you will, like the Marvel universe or the the uh, DC or the Conjuring. Yeah, I mean, where, it's they're connected, but they're they're not like saying. Like there's no crossover, you know. Yeah. Though that would be cool if the Goonies had to fight the uh, Gremlins, you know, or whatever. That that see what why isn't that being made? That would be cool. Like yeah. Goonies versus Gremlins. And the Did Lost you watch Boys. That, uh, Alfred. And the Lost Boys. Jeez. That'd be that'd be that that'd be an interesting crossover. Lost with Corey <laughs> Feldman. Less Lost Boys. Green, green uh, gremlins and goonies. Yeah. Well, I was only thinking goonies and gremlins because they were both produced by Steven Spielberg and both written by Chris Columbus. So mm -hmm. they would have like you know, I mean that that in itself would sort of make sense. But mm -hmm. um, you know, Lost Boys was Joel Schumacher, and uh, I don't even know who wrote it. Um, uh, but. I think of like the Feldman connection and so. Yeah, it would be funny to have the Feldman connection because he was a different character in each movie. So, like, yeah, if you were three. in there, you'd have to be there'd be three versions of uh, of Corey Feldman in that in the that movie. You know, I guess um, realistically, could Gremlins go back to the future 
And the future's later with gremlins instead of apes. <laughs> I would love to write a, like a series where all of these movies and TV shows come to life, you know, where like one episode the people are dealing with, I mean, I guess stranger, stranger things sort of talks about these things, you know, or whatever, mm -hmm. like they give, they talk about ghostbusters. They talk about Goonies, whatever, but like, because it's set in the eighties, you know, and everything. But if, what if there were like a, a TV show, like, um, what's that show? Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but the, the, the Hulu show takes place in the Stephen King universe, you know, or whatever you like that, you know, um, you know what I'm talking about? Like where it's like one town, but like, uh, uh, all of a sudden all these different connections are made. Like you see, uh, you see the Goonies and you see the gremlins attacking, you know, or whatever, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. Castle Rock. Castle Rock. Thank you. I don't know why I can like sometimes I just can't remember shit. And and, and I and um I remember back in the day there was um they did Nintendo games. They were they were sequels to the games, but uh, sequels to the movies. But I don't I, I can't remember how they played. But it was like there was a second Gremlins and a second Goonies, like Nintendo games. They right. Never actually did it. Never actually did a second Goonies. The second Gremlins. I mean. To me, I, I I like that. I haven't seen the animated show, the the um the new animated show that's on on Max. The animated. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. They did do yeah, one. Have... They haven't gotten rid of it yet, right? I hope not. Yeah, some some seems like seems like that's starting to happen on some of these streamers. Oh, well, they did that with cool like uh, the Disney did that with Willow. They yeah, got rid I, of I Willow missed, and got... shit. I never got a chance to watch it. I'm so like angry at myself for like just putting you know putting it off and everything. Like, so you got to watch it right away, or you might miss it. Huh? Well, because I thought it's an original Disney show. They're not going to get rid of it. Nope they they they're getting rid of it completely, so that you can't watch it even on like physical media. You know, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering what their rationale is. I know that there's rights rules on some things to where they have to pay like, um, but but they but that was their own production, so I, I don't know. If, no, it. If or From what I understood, it was that uh, it was a tax write-off, and it did not actually. Uh, it didn't. It didn't give the numbers that they were hoping it would. It bombed, you know, as far as mm -hmm. streaming TV shows, you know, are concerned. So, yeah. Well, well, nobody knows what nobody knows what numbers are really any of these are doing because they keep that kind of hush hush, and that's unfortunately where some of the issues are going on with SAG and the writers and stuff. Right, um, they need to no, be no. more. They need to be more transparent with everybody, like you know, um, uh, you know, when I when I when I do Podbean, I can see how many people are listening to these shows, and I can see how many people like this show. By the way, I don't know if I've told you guys this information that uh, I got uh, a while back. So a couple, I think a couple years ago, when I was at Scares I Care with uh, Paul. We were, he had become friends with this girl, Fidgety Fox, you know, or whatever. She does art, you know, and uh, he had seen her boyfriend, you know, walk by. And we're like, um, you know, hey, are you going to go, you know, uh, is Fidgety Fox at her, you know, table? And he was like, yeah, I'm going right to it. Let's uh, let's walk there right together. And then there, uh, we told him we were part of a podcast. And he was like, oh, what's your podcast called? And I go, Indie Film Cafe. And he goes, huh. 
I feel like I've listened to your shows before. And I go, hmm. oh, really? What what shows? And it was like, hold on, let me look at their, you know, his podcast stuff. And he goes, oh, yeah, I listened to uh, Holly, the, the show Hollywood Boulevard podcast. And there were two different ones he had listened to. One was our, I think, Alfred, you and I had, I don't know if Joe was involved with this one too, but there was one that we did where it was, um, uh, it was that uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, like Lovecraft kind of movie. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 He listened to that one. And mm -hmm. then there was another one. There was another one he listened to, but both Hollywood Boulevard podcasts. And so I was talking wow. to Paul last night and I said, this is why we have Hollywood Boulevard podcast because people are, are, are searching for that particular movie. They click, you know, like podcasts, our podcast pops up saying we've got the show and we've got a show about that. And he goes and listens to us discuss it. And then if they like it, they'll want to listen to another show that's, you know, that they, you know, whatever. So um, it's always good to have a, variety of different mm. you know stuff so that you know we can you know but that's that's a good way to click get people into mm. our stuff or whatever you know yeah yeah because this this is um this season that we've been doing is is like i said quintessential 80s stuff um right it, it's it's stuff that's really really main really connected in in, um, uh, in mainstream culture and stuff like that and that that's what I've I've done with a couple of my picks, and I know that um, where we're going with it, the rest of the season is probably going to do some more of the same type of thing, just early word. We've got like three that. more so, episodes left of the season, and then next season we'll probably do just like whatever movies we want to movies, whatever you know, whatever stuff we want to do. Um, we'll move on to that. We I don't know if there will be a theme or not for next season, but I thought it would be different and fun to do sort of an eighties theme and find some of our favorite uh 80s movies that we wanted to talk about um and i actually was happy that um you guys pick some ones that i've never like i never saw running scared before so thank you alfred because that opened my eyes to something new that i actually really like and will be buying the kino at some point um my pleasure it, uh, and, and, and alfred you need to give you need to give gremlins another shake um uh, i think Knowing how you've talked about some of the stuff on some of the other ones with like aliens and and some of those other 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 ones, I think that as an adult, if you just fast forward through that couple minutes, uh, you'd be all right. Um, and I think you I think you you'd really appreciate the film in a lot lot more of a way. And and also it's it it's different. I wonder how you would have felt if you would have been the original script, which I was talking to Jonathan earlier before you came on. Um, the original script had her getting killed in that scene, the mom. So, um, <laughs> that I think you said her head chopped like off. That either. <laughs> yeah, mm. she was. She uh, in, the, in the original script, Columbus said there was a hard, hard R-rated film, and she was going to get killed. She was. She got beheaded in the original. That'd be script terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah, so, since um, I like uh, the mom in that. You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's the same mom that was the um uh that was um Leah Thompson's mom in in the back scenes in flat in, in back to the future um uh you remember her right the at the table the dinner table oh we're gonna watch jackie oh Gleason. yeah yeah oh same, wow same that lady. is interesting yeah i yeah, guess so steven spielberg like, liked her 
you know, or liked working Apparently, with Apparently, she, yeah. So, so, um, Alfred, I, I, I'd say give, give it another shake. And, um, I think, I think you'd appreciate it a little bit more as, because I know, I know I've done that with some movies as a kid. I was just bothered by <laughs> or, or troubled and watching it a little bit different now. And, you know, yeah. I've done that I, with I other think... movies. That I've, I just fast forward through those parts, and I do. Like was... the, the dog scene on the thing, I still don't watch. I fill oh, yeah, through that yeah, part, yeah. or I leave the room for a bit. <laughs> yeah, and um, but, and and another thing that that with this movie, what what it, um, when we were looking, uh, when I was looking for um, uh, I know they patterned the, the the character Gizmo was patterned after a Cavalier King Charles, the the type of colors and the color schemes, and that's what those because Spielberg asked for them to do that for Gizmo. Um, but, that was cute. Um, yeah, but it, it kind of resembles the type of dogs that I've always had in the, um, as an adult with with Papillon, and um, the first one that I had kind of looked like Gizmo. And I almost, I wanted to call her Gizmo at first, and um, uh, Am- Amber was like, Amber was like, no, no, don't, don't call her dog Gizmo. Gizmo. Yeah, I mean... yeah. So I was like, but, and then the second one I got, um, uh, which I called Ryder, I wanted to call because he. Black and white, and he had a stripe right down. There. I wanted to call him Stripe, and she was like, "No, <laughs> man, just turning so, down all so your he, names, you know." Yeah. So, so you, well, well, you could see how, but, but the point is, is that Gremlins really does resonate with me, and and I think that that's one thing that I like to do on these these podcasts with you is you guys is to show movies that that really resonate with me, and at the same time get stuff to your point, um, where like Excalibur and Running Scared and. And um, that we've talked about and other stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I I think it's funny because like it, it definitely shows a different um time. Like, you know, I might be a Ghostbusters, you know, more of a Ghostbusters fan than like a Gremlins fan or whatever. But um, you know, I I think that's because I didn't, you know, when I was a kid, I I didn't you know didn't watch it till i you know i didn't watch it in the theater i didn't grow up watching it kind of thing you know so yeah and 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 it's it's funny for because for me it's like as as we've done on other podcasts and all it's like sometimes graphic horror and stuff like that can if it's extremely graphic or in some weird ways can be bothersome to me and stuff but then there's this movie it's like it is pretty pretty graphic at times uh, on, on some levels um, but but this one this one doesn't bother me and it's like I just I just really enjoy the, the well the, I think it's because all, it is a family movie. friendly movie you know yeah. like it like, has like, disturbing scenes but it's not throughout the whole thing yeah. it's like a Norman Rockwell painting but then <laughs> the gremlins terrorize town <laughs> yeah or yeah or you have to survive and you have to kill a kill a gremlin yeah. in a microwave but the, mean, the, the, yeah and, and those laughs the gremlin the bad one when they're, they're just constantly laughing at everything and it just you can't help but not laugh at it at least to me anyways i i wanted to like i wanted to i mean i laughed so hard because like there's one thing where uh the, the guy who didn't sell the gremlin his son or grand grandson you know, like said, my grandfather is an idiot, you know, we need the money. So here you go. Here's your Mogwai for 200 bucks, you know, or whatever. And, uh, and um, the guy comes back in and he's talking to, you know, the uh, Gizmo 
you know, like, oh, okay, he wants to speak to you, you know, Billy or whatever, right? And uh, he's like, you uh -huh. can understand him? And I'm like, I can't understand him. He, Everything he said was like very, you know, he it was very low, but he was, he was, you know, he would repeat what people said. He would talk. Mm -hmm. You could hear, you could understand. By the way, was it Howie Mandel to the voice of yeah. Gizmo? Howie Mandel which, did the voice in um and um, Peter Cullen did some of the uh, the bad gremlins, who does like Transformers, the Optimus Prime, and stuff like that. And then Michael Winslow, I believe, does some of the voices. Who's Motormouth? <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, yeah, it fits perfectly with that. And um, but the scene you're talking about at the end when he makes that comment, and, and then the 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 Chinese the, the the sage saying at the end, he's like, he's like, if you really want to hear, all you have to do is listen. And it's like and you can sort of approach that and it's, and it's trying to be like somewhat philosophical and all yeah all you have to do is listen i'm like i i can listen i mean i didn't really need to listen and, that and, hard and, <laughs> yeah and then gizmo's like the colors of like, the wind <laughs> and gizmo's like bye billy and it's bye, like oh billy. <laughs> until part two <laughs> but he like i like that too because it wasn't like it should have been a heartbreaking scene of like the 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 Gizmo, like if you did it that now, you would have that scene where the the kids like, no, don't take Gizmo away from me, and really, we, he was just he understood, like they all understood, even Gizmo understood. I gotta go back to my master now. I gotta go back yeah. to my, I guess his father, you know, technically, you know. Yeah, and 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 um, and then it's like it, it was the beginning of part two where he's like when the, they're tearing the building down, you see Gizmo just running on the ground. It's like, and that's something that they weren't able to do in the first one. They said that if you notice that Gizmo never walks on his own. No, he doesn't. He never walks because he, he crawls on the one thing. That he's in the car. He's always in a bag or or moving around stuff like that. But he, they said they couldn't get the the puppet stuff, the stop motion stuff, really the way that they wanted for that for him because they were so so in depth with the expressions and all and that's why they designed the the bad gremlins to have short legs because it was easier for them to be able to maneuver um, yeah. with the proportions with the way that they were doing the animatronics and all that stuff which to me it, that is creativity just over the top because they didn't have cgi nowadays they just cgi all the monsters in that'd be it and then, then it'd be a dime a dozen movie like you see with nowadays why did it take Billy so long to ask Kate, Kate out? Like, seriously. Like, well, you know, they've been, they've been, they've been, what? It's Phoebe Kate. It's Phoebe Kate. So you can't, you, you, you can't just ask her out you, when you're in high school together. You, you don't remember, you don't remember being a 20, 20 some year old guy that just, it's, it's hard. It's, uh. it's, Oh. At least I remember. For me, it's, it was intimidating, and it was like, "How old, how old were they, though?" I mean, they must have just been out of high school. Well, Judge Reinhold made a comment. He's like, "I'm going to be, I'm, I'm the youngest person at 23, and I'll be this at 25 or something like that." So I think it was low 20s. I mean, yeah, he was still living uh, at home with his parents, which you didn't really see a lot of that in uh, 80s movies. It was usually by 18 or 19. The the, uh, they're out, out of their parents' house, you know, um, in the movies. So it was kind of interesting to see somebody in their twenties, you know, early twenties, like living with their parents still, you know. But but I think they were, I think they were all like financially strapped, obviously, with some of the way they were talking, like oh, the, the, that's right. the, the, the flights they were talking. So 
So it could have been, and, and I think he was sort of a dreamer um, with the with the drawings and stuff like that. So he just, but I mean, which he showed to Chuck Jones, you know, Mr. Not Jones. Not bad there. Yeah, not, not 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 a not a not a bad. I bet Chuck Jones it. drew it for real. That's, and that's then he's like, true. "This is excellent work, there, Billy." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think All that right. about. Does that about wrap it up, or is there more that yeah, you to say? I I think that that, that about covers it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you Thank go, you, Alfred. Alfred, Alfred, you gonna you gonna get up and go put something in the microwave? Yeah, some fries. <laughs> um. So uh, next, uh, so next month we're gonna be off again. But then in uh, that'll be uh, September. In October, November, December, uh, we'll be back. So we'll have mine, Alfred, and Joe's once more, and we'll be finished with the season for uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Um, and was uh, it? Uh, I I will let you all know because I already told these guys. I don't know. They didn't say anything about it, but uh, I'm gonna be. I I want to do Ghostbusters too. So. Uh, get ready. You guys got to go somehow figure out how to watch it. I don't know if it's available online or not. Um, uh, oh, I own it. Oh, you own it. How about you, uh, Alfred? Do you own it? Uh, I, I think so. I got to look. I'll, I I want to buy, like, I think there's a 4K of it. So I want to get a 4K of, of it. It'll give me an excuse to get the 4K, you know, and everything. But uh, I have not seen that movie in for in a while, you know. But I still quote it, uh, especially now that I have a, a grand nephew. I, you know, anytime I'm told to, uh, to put him down, I'm like, you're short, you're fat, your belly button sticks out too far, you're a burden on your mother, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I still quote the movie, even though it's, Classic. you know, I haven't seen him forever, you know. It's a classic. Um and uh yeah, so we'll have a lot to talk about on that one. Um so please join us for that and um I guess until then everybody. Um thanks Joe, thanks Alfred. Don't and don't let the gremlins get, get take over your phones or anything. Yeah, definitely. Don't let them All get right. you. <laughs> All right. Bye everybody. <laughs> Bye everyone. You're listening to the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast.